When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Reaction Time, courtesy of our friend Fairway. Today, Ben and I have a special guest, Kyvin Gadsden. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for reaching out. I'm glad to be here. You're a hot commodity. I asked everyone on Twitter what they would like to see from Ben and I since we're in that weird, like, I don't know, limbo period of before we head back into um, dual action and your name got brought up a lot. So oh, that's awesome. The people know. Yeah. I, used to, I used to be the people's <laughs> champ, you know, so it was um, a good time. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to share my uh, side and stuff like that. So my perspective. So. Yeah, yeah. people's champ and national champ. So yeah, it was a good, it was a good times. <laughs> and I, I brought ice cream to my job the other day, and so I'm I'm really popular at work right now. There so, you go. You know, just the little things. Just just a man of the people. You know, some days. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you? How are things going? I mean, you're working at the foundation now. What's life looking like these days? Um, life's good. Uh, I just actually, yeah, so like you said, I work at the ISU Foundation um, doing uh, fundraising for the university, like the whole university, not athletics, not wrestling, um, everything, everything else. But like there's always times where you have those pieces of, you know, athletics and wrestling coming through. So it's really been fun for me in terms of like growing and growing a different skill set that. Uh, I don't think I truly understood the importance of and the value of. I know I've always been a, uh, as I've reflected, I've always been a beneficiary of, you know, fundraising and things like that, whether it was, you know, raising money to go to Fargo as a kid with the, with Team Iowa um, or just, you know, like the Cyclone Wrestling Club and Sunkissed and Team USA, you know, as a, as a wrestling athlete, uh, it's been really cool to understand that, other side of it but I think more importantly to add essentially like value to myself in terms of as I grow out of being um, a competitor and going to you know like things like administration and and coaching and stuff like that so it's um it's really good it's really fun Um, I'm learning a lot I'm learning about um, Iowa State in a different way you know like I've always loved Iowa State for my own you know own reasons but now I'm getting to learn about Iowa State from people's different perspectives, um, whether that's someone that's in engineering or, you know, ag and life sciences. So it's been really cool to 
learn why other people love Iowa State outside of my initial love, which was wrestling and athletics. And so I'm very appreciative of of the opportunity I have at the foundation right now because um, I know the skills and mm-hmm. the foundation, no pun intended, that I'm building <laughs> is um, super positive for me. How did you realize that that was kind of the next step for you as you transitioned out of competing? Um, I actually got a I got a uh, a call from Ryan McGuire, who's um, the senior associate athletic director at Iowa State for development. And I always had a good relationship with him while I was in college and went on some donor visits with him and discussed stuff with him. And then Frank Nogle also mm-hmm. had a really good relationship with relationship with them both. And um, I had an associate position in student athlete and letter winner engagement with mm-hmm. underneath Lindsey Long. And um, while when that position was coming to a close, I started looking at different opportunities, uh, one on campus. And then Ryan reached out and was like, hey, like you want to sit down? And so me, Ryan, and Nathan Johnson sat down. And he was like, there's some positions over at the foundation we feel like you might possess the ability, you know, to um, do this job and do it well. And he kind of like nudged me and I was, I I think I was pretty apprehensive, like initially, um, again, just not really understanding the importance and the value of, of fundraising. Uh, But now being in it for about 18 months, um, it's given me a really good perspective because the, the coolest thing that I think I got to do was my sophomore year, I was on a scholarship, um, like an in-state scholarship that was put together by a donor. And once I got the job at the foundation, I got to reach out to that person and have a conversation. Like, even though mm. I I never met this person prior, but like I got to reach out to him, have a conversation, visit with this person. And uh, I think they got to understand that what they did for me um, made a huge impact. And then I got to understand that the way that I like carry myself, you know, and, and do things um, makes a donor, you know, feel appreciated for, for their support. So it was like a real cool full circle uh, mm-hmm. moment for me. And um, I think I'm going to carry with, carry that with me for the rest of my life for mm-hmm. sure. So like, that's kind of how that came about. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, and then you're, are you still doing ESPN plus? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still commentating. I mean, I got bumped for the, the Iowa, <laughs> Iowa state duel for, um, Place with Jordan Burroughs. Yeah. With, with Jordan. Um, he treated me to dinner the night before, so I'll forgive mm-hmm. him. Nice. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing the commentary, uh, for January and February that's already on the, the, the schedule Great. and stuff. So I'm excited to keep doing that. My, my hope is that I can continue to build that skill set out. I would, I would love an opportunity to, um, commentate the NCAAs this year mm-hmm. or, um, or a conference championship, mm-hmm. um, especially with the NCAAs being in Kansas City. I think that's going to be mm-hmm. a, a really good time. And especially if you're an Iowa State fan, I think the opportunity to make that, you know, what we've come to know of like basketball terms mm-hmm. as Hilton South, I think that's a, a beautiful opportunity for Iowa State, the wrestlers, uh, the fans, and just the community. So I'm excited about that. 
Oh, it's yeah. an easy drive. It's an easy three hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's definitely not the, what is it, six and a half, seven hours it is to Tulsa. Yeah. Oh, man. Tulsa's longer than that, I think. That was eight hours when I went down there for, to cover a basketball tournament. That was a brutal drive. Um, but, yeah, like Ivan said, the Kansas City fans are already used to it. Like, yeah. they go down there every March anyway. Mm -hmm. Go down there a second time in March yeah. and watch wrestling. It's I've said this multiple times. The NCAA wrestling tournament is the best event I have ever covered in my life, um, I've covered New Year's Six Bowl games, NCAA basketball tournaments, all sorts of different things. The NCAA wrestling championships are unmatched in terms of atmosphere. So if you're not, if you're a fan, even just a general sports fan, and you have a second weekend off in March, go down there, watch wrestling. You will not regret it. And if you don't have it off, take it off and do the right <laughs> thing. You know, yes, so yep. no, it's it's. I was talking to Cody Goodwin about it because mm -hmm. just like last week, cause I was just reaching out to him to say hello. Uh, and he's covering Alabama football now. Yep. And he was like, it'll be interesting, man. Like, I've never experienced anything like Friday night at mm -hmm. the um, at the NCAA tournament, you know, like the blood round. Mm -hmm. And having been someone that competed in the blood round twice and like I got over that hump, you know, like but like seeing the heartbreak that comes mm -hmm. with it, the emotion, like the high level of energy and then the heartbreak type of energy it's like yo like it like gives me like little like goosebumps <laughs> yeah, yeah. like because you like you see some of your best friends like have a dream like just ripped out mm -hmm. out of their hands you know um but then in the same way some of your best friends are ripping other people's dreams out you know mm -hmm. and so the uh, the emotion and energy that's going to be in uh, is that the sprint is that the sprint it's center or is it T-Mobile now, now. Yep. yeah yep. T-Mobile center is going to be be crazy and then i just think how kansas city is laid out um with their public transportation mm -hmm. um the power and light and everything i think it's going to be a really awesome uh event for wrestling um in general so yeah it's, it will be it's definitely going to give people way more to do than they had to do last year or not last year last season in tulsa because i love tulsa don't get me wrong i actually do really enjoy going down for big 12s but that's a lot of people for small, like that downtown area. And there just wasn't a lot to go to, like a lot of restaurants or a lot of places to go to in between sessions or like after the day. Um, so yeah, it will be really exciting. I'm excited to go. I'll definitely be there. So mm -hmm. Ben, yep, I will I be there know. too. Okay. Nope. I will be there. My dad, me and my dad are going to come down. So Sweet. excited for that. It'll be a good time. Yep. From when you were an athlete, cause blood round Cody, ironically, and Ben for, I think, two years consistently told me that was going to be like the most intense experience it's the best part of the weekend mm -hmm. um and it was once i got to experience it in march it was my first time there and it was everything and more that they had described like <laughs> it definitely was like the energy was different the crowd was different covering it was just really intense thinking back like you said you you were in it twice for you as an athlete when you were on the floor when you were taking the mac did it feel different? Did the room feel different? Honestly, the two years I was part of the blood round were like a blur for me. Um, with year the year one in 2013, uh, being in Des Moines, Wells Fargo, uh, which I consider like one of my favorite my favorite arena in the world, mm. uh, just because some of the memories and moments I've had in it. Uh, I don't remember it. Like, it was just like I was in a probably like a daze, mm -hmm. I guess you would say, in a way. And so I don't remember that year. I just I think I wrestled 
Micah Burak. Okay. Um, in 2013, I was losing. I had to get a takedown late and figured out a way to score. So I think I won four three. Um, and then uh, my uh, let's see my my junior year. Yeah, I don't even remember who I wrestled. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't like because I lost in the quarterfinals to Scott Schiller. So then the next match is going to be blood round, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I wrestled uh, Maryland. Um, Christian Bowley from from Maryland. Okay, and honestly, my head was so like mentally like heartbroken. Like mm-hmm. before that match that I honestly didn't know like what that was going to look like. But I remember going out there and like feeling how like he grabbed me or like like he grabbed me, but he didn't like grab me. Like, you, I don't know if you can like, like put in the words, <laughs> but like, you know, when someone is like looking to like fight, you know, like, like mm-hmm. the, I want this more than you mm-hmm. and the where where my head was my junior year after losing in the quarterfinals, I don't think I was in that frame of mind anymore. Um, that I was really like locked into fighting. And when I went out into the match and he grabbed me, he didn't grab me like he was trying to fight. And I feel like in that situation, I probably just had a little bit more fight than him. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, oh, okay. And then you get back you get your emotional cues back yeah. and you're just like, okay, like I was overreacting. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like, I, I feel like I was ready. Like if he would have came out and just like club me across my head, I'd just been like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing this right now. Like just emotionally would have like emotionally got hijacked and just my mind would have kind of like floated away and just been like, I'm in disarray right now. You know, like I came here to win a national title. I can't get this. I'm, trying i want my mind to pull me back in but like those are the things that i feel like maybe people that haven't competed in it, and even people that do like i think you tend to forget what those feelings are that you're trying to manage you know and you probably don't usually have time to like manage those feelings like and grieve mm-hmm. um from what is like a lost dream you know so uh yeah, I'm so glad I didn't have to do that in my senior year. <laughs> like, I'm so, I'm so th- I was so thrilled. Like I I was like I got five matches. Mm-hmm. Anything over that, I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> so um, I I was I was fortunate. I feel like I put myself in position like just do the work. But um, you never know how those things are gonna go. You don't know if you you get tweaked. Whatever happens. Um, but I feel like now that I. I've gotten farther away from the tournament in terms of like competing and just like trying to watch it as a fan. Like I can see guys that are dealing with like that piece of it. Mm. And I think that's why people say like, once you wrestle things in life are easier because you have an understanding of like that immediate heartbreak, having a dream ripped out that you've had Mm -hmm. for, you know, 10, 15 years and you've been watching this tournament for you know the last eight years and the last four year you years you've been in person um seeing it and you're like all right this is my last shot i want to do this and then it not happening and having to recalibrate is it's a hard thing to do mm-hmm. you know it's a hard thing to do and so i give kudos to anybody that can 
um, lose first round and battle their way all the way back, all the way back, or lose in the quarterfinals and then have to recalibrate and get ready for that blood round match. Um, I got a lot of respect for anybody who competes in that tournament. Yeah, mm-hmm. I immediately think of David Carr mm-hmm. um, because that was a first round loss, right, against that Oregon State kid. Second round, second round mm-hmm. loss, and he wrestles all the way back to get third. Yeah, it would have been. I I don't know. I did not expect it because David Carr is obviously an incredible competitor. And he, his mind is right a lot, but I would not have blamed him if he didn't come back and compete the way we expect him to, because like, like you said, the dream gets ripped out and how does he handle that? He handled it as well as you could have, like I said, wrestled back to get third. But, um, that's the first thing I think of when you say that it's just like, yeah, David Carr, man, he's, we obviously know him and respect him for winning national championship, going toe to toe with Keegan O'Toole and things like that. But when he wrestled back to get a third, that's like, all right, he's a different kind of guy. Yeah. Like, I mean, the amount of, I would say, like, heart and toughness you have to possess to do that um, means, a, means a lot. And I don't know how often you get to see it from someone, especially the year after you win, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you won, and then you're supposed to come back and do that. Uh, kudos. You know, that's mm-hmm. all you can say right there. It's like, it's kudos. So it... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had to be hard. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it's like Dresser always says, uh, the toughest guys wrestle for third just because of, like you've said, the mental toughness it takes to wrestle your way all the way through there is definitely tough. So Yeah, that was that was something my dad used to share with me. He's like the toughest guys um, in the bracket come back and get third. I'm like, well, I'm not really trying to be tough, bro. I'm trying to win. <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is. Uh but yeah, like I mean, you think about it, like you look at guys that have won a national title and then come back to get third after losing. The list isn't probably too high, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I bet there's there's less guys that have won a national title maybe the year prior. Um, I'd love to get a, like a stat on that to then come back the next year, lose, and come back and get third. It's probably not super high. Did did Gabe Dean do it? That one year he lost? Mm. No, because he lost to Bo Nickel in the finals. Um, like, Derek, he won in 2013 and 2014. I think he took fifth. Um, Matt McDonough didn't place as a senior. But, like, I, there's so many moving pieces mm-hmm. to that, whether it's the injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spencer Lee's recent, I mean. Right, yeah. You know, like, the the injuries, all those things, like, play into that. Um coaching staff um all, all the, the support you know because even now just with like social media management and how these you know young people are like they're superstars you know like they have a massive followings and things like that like all that plays into it and you're trying to manage it um and be prepared for that moment of success um but not have it like engulf you right mm-hmm. so yeah there's a lot I'd love to. I'm gonna have to look that up and see <laughs> what um what people have like come back and done that because I think it's a pretty um incredible feat for sure. Yeah, I think it's a short list for sure. Yeah, I feel like wrestling consistently changes year over year. Just from like you said, like the social media aspect. I mean, now we live in an NIL world. I mean, just even from when you were competing, how do you think you would handle being like I don't know a freshman today walking into being a wrestler for Iowa State, how have you seen the sport really evolve? And then how do you think you would do as a freshman today? I think I would struggle. I 
I, I truly believe that I would have struggled because I struggled regardless, you know, like I, I think, uh, again, a lot of it comes down to like health and things like that. Like I wasn't healthy coming into college. I also was 17 years old, you know, when I got to college. Right. Yeah. And so um, I think when you look at ages, like these young people are also coming into college, you know, a little bit older, mm-hmm. you know, like 18, 19 as, you know, freshmen, some of them a little bit older than that. But I think personally me, um, I didn't really start hitting a maturity stride um, until, you know, like 2021. And so I think I would have struggled with the management of all those things. Um, And then just, I feel like it's more, there's more business Mm -hmm. savviness to it. You know, like you have to either expect, you know, someone to, if it's NIL, pay you what, they believe you're worth, and do you take the first offer? Like, you guys had jobs right out of college, right? Mm-hmm. When they came to you with the offer for the job, did you take the first offer, or did you negotiate? Yeah. Like, that's that's what these kids have to do now, you know? Yeah. Like, And if their parents don't have that type of savviness and that business awareness, then um, do they get really get what they're worth, you know? Mm-hmm. Or is it someone that knows what they're talking about, that's been doing it for whatever, you know, amount of time. And they're like, ah, oh, you know, like, we'll give you this, you know. So it's um, it's an interesting system. It's an interesting mm-hmm. system for sure. But I know I would have struggled, um, especially given the circumstances with losing my, you know, like dad and stuff. Like, um, I think I would have struggled probably a lot more. I think because my dad was a college coach, I would have had a certain level of advantage mm-hmm. um, because he knew, you know, things that happened in that realm. But college wrestling is changing every single year so him by the time I got there it was 13 13 years he wanted me to go through a recruiting process I felt like I knew where I wanted to go so I didn't want to go through the process I didn't want to you know waste people's time and tell them like oh yeah I'm interested when I know I'm not Mm -hmm. but is that part of business right you know like if I if I tell you if I tell you I love you and I want to be here with you um do you have to give me a full ride when I'm worth a full ride, right. but the business side of it says, well, he didn't negotiate a full ride. He accepted a 50, you know, a 50% scholarship. Mm. It's like, those are the things you got to think about um, that I don't think I was prepared to um, at, you know, 17, 18, 19, even 20, 22 years old. I don't think I was in that space. Yeah. Um, and the only way you get there, I think is through trials and tribulation or having someone, that has been there to talk you through it, you know, yeah. so. Experience is the name of the game. Either, like you said, you have to have it or someone that you know and trust has to have that experience. Mm-hmm. But if that experience doesn't exist, you're probably going to get taken advantage of to some mm-hmm. degree. Yeah. So, yeah. Unfortunate uh, situation, but it is also reality. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I would have struggled, period. But well, I think I'm a, a fighter, so I would think I would have. I would have tried to figure it out as much as I can and tried to find resources. There's also, like, an t- abundance of resources out there, too. Mm-hmm. So you can do a good amount of research and stuff and, and learn things. Yep, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, you made me think of uh, Bo Bassett. Is that how you say his last name? Bassett. I think so. He, the, that caused a whole discourse of, like, what recruiting looks like these days, right? Because he put yeah. out the graphic with every team, just about every team <laughs> in the country, which is, you know, to each their own, I... I was never a re- an athlete that was recruited, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it feels like, but 
I just remember uh, Coach St. John and I had so many conversations about how recruiting alone is so different because social media is so huge now in recruiting these kids to come to your programs. And now NIL makes me think of the Austin Gomez discussion. This started, was it a week ago, two weeks ago, um, because of his age. And then it's like, well, you asked about the like us getting offers out of uh, college. That makes me think of Austin. Austin's not just sticking around to go to class and be a student like he's being offered money like yep. there's true real money here on the line so it's just like everything has evolved <laughs> mm -hmm. so much even from when i started covering wrestling oh, like yeah. it is not the same at all so what was your first year covering wrestling it would have been 2018 dresser's first season okay. i started the same time so 2017 2018 yeah, 2017 18 and i was 15 16. okay got yep. you got you yep yeah so which is that's when Austin Gomez started, right? He was like a freshman. I was, was he was being recruited 15, okay. 16. Um, I'm pretty sure. No, was I 14, 15? I was 14, 15 <laughs> because I was the year I was the year before. I was Kanan Store and Ian Park were getting recruited when I started. Okay. Uh, Earl Hall was a junior and then he got his second year. He thought he was a senior and then he got his second year. Yeah. So the, his first his first senior year was my first year. Okay. Yep. So, I think so that was 15, 14. 16. That was 15, 16? Yeah, 15, yeah. 16. Yep. Because then he was 16, 17. Yeah, you're yep. right. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. I just saw Earl this weekend. He's doing good. Good. <laughs> yeah, he's still in Northern Colorado, right? Yeah, Northern yep. Colorado. Right. He was um, warming up uh, and coaching um, Andrew Alirez. Mm -hmm. um, that dude's a savage. That guy um, is yeah. doing things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he um he won the senior nationals this weekend. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, him and Troy. So, those are... Um, well, Earl obviously was a teammate, and Troy was one of my coaches. So, yeah. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy how much time has gone. I know. You can't even remember <laughs> when you started covering wrestling. I know. <laughs> um, well, on that topic, I guess time has flown. I mean, you're still around the team. You're more of a mentor, right? You're in there helping when you can. What has that been like? It's for From your perspective, just as an individual, what is it like? transitioning into that kind of like coaching perspective and really how has it been like to be around this team specifically this season? What's it like? It's, it's just, it's different. I think, uh, uh, so I went to the U S Olympic trials qualifier senior nationals mm -hmm. uh, in Fort Worth this weekend to coach, uh, two of the cyclone regional training center guys, uh, Sam Schuyler and Duncan Lee. And then while we were there, we, um, connected with Marcus Coleman, who was competing mm -hmm. as well. And so like, I never, I never had like had a like a, a eagerness to like coach. Like I always loved doing like clinics and being around the sport and teaching the sport. But I never had like an eagerness to coach. And the more that I'm getting, and I think part of that was because coaching while competing is just like it's ridiculously hard like I don't know many people that can do it right um and so like now when I'm around like the team it feels more natural because I'm not as focused on myself mm -hmm. you know so um I was I was selfish I am selfish I know like that's part of just me and knowing where I've where what I've had to do to essentially like be successful like I've always leaned on support of you know my parents or my training partners 
Um, and so like being around the team now in the, in the capacity that I do get to be around them, you know, sometimes it's cool because you get to see, uh, you get to see young men, uh, develop and grow and, you know, ask questions and, uh, you just try to be, uh, essentially like a positive voice Mm -hmm. of like encouragement, like, Hey man, like go make the most of it. Like it won't, it won't be here for forever. Um, and sometimes it'll be shorter than you think it will be. And uh, you, you should want to just take advantage of as of it as much as you can. So the team is like, it's fun. Like they seem like, um, like I've known younger, obviously since 2019 mm-hmm. when we wrestled in Cuba and um, like watching his develop, like folk style wise, just like even just his ability to come over here and, do everything that's been necessary to work towards a degree. Mm-hmm. You know, like those are the things like I'm like, if if at 19 years old, Kai, and you get dropped in the middle of Cuba and they're like, all right, you're going to wrestle <laughs> and I need you to, to learn freestyle. You've never wrestled freestyle. And um, I need you to beat the best people in the country at it. I don't know if I can do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. those, are the, those are like the, the, that's what he was up against. And to watch him continuously show uh, an innate amount of, like, mental toughness, um, even when maybe the results that you were experiencing from a fan perspective weren't the ones that you wanted, like, he was still doing the things that were were necessary for him to grow, right? And I think now that he's at what would be like more of a natural weight because when we wrestled in 2019 it was at 214 pounds you know mm-hmm. um and then he was cutting that weight down 197 like that takes a lot out of you mm-hmm. you know and well i think younger is probably like two inches taller than me you know and so like it's like that's a that's a lot mm-hmm. to do and now that he's at a more i think natural weight class um and then I, you guys get to interview him and talk with them you know on media days and stuff like that but you have seen someone learn, mm-hmm. you know, English and yep. speak it yep. to a level like he can have a conversation with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've seen just the way that he's grown confidence wise. And I think it's always been in him, but like continuing to just speak to that, that inner champion, I think has been really fun. You know, like even watching David grow from when he came on his visit in 2018 um, it's been cool, you know, um, watching him, you know, go do camps and clinics and he's, you know, done some pop-up things around, you know, the Story County area, um, for different people that he's had relationship with to, you know, inspire, you know, kids. Uh, but it's been, it's been really cool to see all the pieces come together for what Iowa State Wrestling is doing right now. The fan support, um, the administrative support, all those things has been really cool. I definitely think the interest is up. I know, Mm -hmm. at least from Ben and I's perspective, even just with the podcast itself, I feel like people are way more engaging. People are constantly asking us things. I don't know how many people reached out to me during the Cyhawk to say this was their first time going to a wrestling duel. So it is pretty cool. It's interest is definitely there. And I think guys like Younger and guys like David definitely Mm -hmm. have a lot to do with it. Absolutely. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What does it feel like to wrestle younger these days? Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. All right. um, No, it's just like, like, so when we wrestled in 2019, it was a 6-6 match. Um, I lost to him on criteria. And so, like, now you take that. You take a retired, you know, two years removed Kyvin, and you're like, all right, go wrestle younger. I'm like, what? Like, you know, like it's not, and like, and he has a great motor. He has a, an array of different skills and stuff. So it's like, but when I get to do it, for me, it's like, uh, it's therapeutic because it's like, mm. a, I get to do wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. And I think towards like the end of my career and stuff, like, dealing with injuries and things like that. It was like injuries, personal life, all these things, like everything's weighing on you. And I don't know if I really got to experience the gratitude that I should have, you know, Mm -hmm. like in those moments. Um, And so like now when I do get to go in and wrestle like exhausted, tired, whatever, like I'm like, if I get to wrestle younger, I'm smiling. Like, man, this is fun. And this (laughs) dude's like, he's pretty incredible. Like, and it's fun um, because I, It'll be, it's going to be really fun to see what he's able to create for himself, you know, wrestling wise after wrestling, whether he decides to um, keep competing, um, you know, if he gets American citizenship, you know, um, for LA 2028, if he decides to go MMA, it's just going to be, I think it's going to be really incredible to see where he's at, (laughs) um, you know, eight years after, um, you know, he's done with college wrestling and see what he's done for himself. And I know he's a person that cares about people a lot. Uh, so when that happens, you're going to see like the, I don't know, is it snowball effect of mm-hmm. all the other things that he's going to do with um, who, who he becomes, whether that's coaching, MMA, whatever it is that he chooses. Um, that's a, that's an awesome person to be around. Absolutely. Yeah. I hope, for, well, as one of the leaders of the Younger Bastida fan club, I hope for mine and his sake and his sake more than mine that he is able to compete in the 2028 Olympics out yeah. in L.A. Um, but you throwing out the MMA idea was, that wasn't something I necessarily considered. And it's like, okay, yeah, he could probably do some damage there. But there's no probably. Yeah. Like if, he, if he wants to go 205, if he wants to go heavyweight, um Whatever he decides he's going to do, he's the type of person, like, mentally, if he decides he's going to do something, he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that will be, like, really, really funny if he does decide to go that route. I'm pretty sure, like, uh, he grew up, like, boxing in okay. Cuba. Like, because they did everything, you know? Like, they yeah. did every single sport, mm-hmm. like soccer, uh, track, boxing, wrestling. And then he just decided he was going to, you know, put the energy and time into wrestling. So, uh I think he has some, like, I think some initial desire to, you know, explore that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, I think I think it would be fun when that happens. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you think about, like, the um, Anthony Echemendia yep. and that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach Fernando. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and Nanda like like there's a lot of like relationships there. Um, but Coach Fernando is I think he's done a I think he's been a big catalyst too for um, Younger's growth and um, helping him you know navigate things and stuff in in his family. So there's a there's a lot of people that I, I call in the in the world of you know, success, the unseen, mm. you know, whether that's in the Iowa State Athletic Department or the foundation, you have your frontline people um, always, right? Like you have your your frontline people, like right now on your guys' podcast, Reaction Time, you you two are the frontline people, but there's people um, behind the scenes that, you know, make things happen and make things sure things are in order so that you guys can do what you need to do so mm-hmm. that there's a crisp product put out. Yep, absolutely. Um not to get too out of ourselves with younger and his future career. <laughs> what do you think his ceiling is for this year? Because so to me, from my perspective, obviously he's ranked number three right now, beat Lucas Davison. Um, got Wyatt Hendrickson ranked ahead of him, got Greg Kirkfleet ranked ahead of him. Right. To me, and I want to hear your perspective on this, Greg and younger are essentially the same athlete. Just one was born in America and one was born in Cuba. So Greg has more of that folk style background. Um, I think if younger had been born in America and had more of that folk style background, I don't know if I see a difference between those two guys. What's yeah. your take on that? I've gotten to wrestle both of them, and I would say I'm relatively close with both of them. I've known younger since he was, I think, 18 or 19 in 2019. And then I've known Greg since he was probably like 15. Um, and Greg's come out to, you know, Ames and stuff to train with me. And uh, we had a we had a really solid relationship. So I don't know if there's a, a, a heavy difference Um in terms of their like athletic abilities and things like that, yeah, um, I'm really intrigued to see like what's gonna happen. Uh, I really hope we get that matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. <laughs> from a, as a fan, Enoch Francois mm-hmm. would be um, mm. proud of me. As a fan, that is the match I would like to see. March is it March 24th? I is think it March so, 24th? Yeah. So, yeah. Saturday, March 24th mm-hmm. in yep. Kansas City. I would like that match to be the match that would end the NCAA tournament. Okay. Um, yep. And uh, I, I just think that would be fun because I think if you see both of those guys put it out there, I think you get to see, like, a new era of heavyweights, like, really yep. going after each other, right. really scrapping, um, like, some, like, Muhammad Ali, George Foreman type, <laughs> yes. type energy. Um, because I think they they both possess a lot of abilities. And then, I mean, two weeks before that, I would want to see, you know, Wyatt in, yeah. uh, in, in Younger in the Big 12, you know, finals. And I'd like to see um, Davison and, and, and Greg in the, in the Big 10s, you know. And mm-hmm. so, I, and I think outside of Wyatt, I, I have like a, I guess, a tie to all of them because KJ's at mm-hmm. – um, at Michigan. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really just interested as a fan to watch it all play out because they just that whole upper echelon, you mm-hmm. know, possesses a lot of ability. And then you got guys like that are going to make it hard for him, like Colton Schultz. Yep. And mm-hmm. um, there's, there's a few Zach more. Elam. Yeah. Yeah. Elam. Yes. And then you got him working out with the, you know, senior nationals champ and Don Bradley who yeah. just made his, fourth Olympic team trial. Which is ridiculous. It's like How crazy. Is still wrestling? That's what I'm saying. Like, cause we were, we were here in the, you know, yeah. the, the cyclone wrestling club together. And he, he was one of my favorite training partners ever. Um, because I couldn't just do like, you know, I can't, you're not running a blast double through Don Bradley. So <laughs> you're going to have to figure something out, you know? Yep. 
Uh, and so it's like, there's a whole lot of ties now. Like I'm in a place where like I have a whole lot of ties to a lot of different places, mm. but as a fan, I'm really, um, I'm really interested in watching it all play out, but, um, it's going to be, I think one of the best NCAA tournaments, um, in, in a, in a while, just because I think there's going to be a lot of, like I said, energy in the building mm -hmm. and, um, a lot of different things happening, so. Yeah, I'm really excited in the direction that heavyweight is moving with some of these more high-scoring guys who are yep. going to put it out there. Even even guy like Wyatt Hendrickson, who's more traditional heavyweight size, he'll put up a lot of points. It'll yeah. be a lot of mat wrestling, but he'll yeah. put up points. So yeah. um, I like the direction that heavyweight's moving right now. Absolutely. I just like, my thing is, like, I hope everybody is healthy. Yes. So amen. that they yeah. can put out their, like, best product. And um, in that situation, may the person that is prepared the best and um, executes their, their game plan win, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of health, um, there was some controversy this recent uh, dual meet uh, against Cornell. Um, their coach put out an email afterwards saying that uh, if they would have wrestled Iowa State first in the collegiate duels, the full lineup would have been out, but there was unfortunately a series of injuries. He said that happened afterward that um, made it so that they didn't wrestle their full A team. Um, what are your thoughts on guys potentially ducking or um, maybe they are a little bit banged up so they decide not to wrestle a match? I think from a coaching perspective, I'm going to do what, if I'm a coach, I'm going to do what I feel like is best, you know, for my guys and understanding where they're at mentally, emotionally. I'm going to challenge them. You know, if I, have, if I feel like I have a kid that is ducking, we're going to have a different conversation. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, and I, it's probably like a super uncomfortable conversation, like as a coach. Uh, but I think from what I've seen from, you know, Mike Gray in the past is that I don't think he does that. Mm. But, you know, the proof is in the pudding, right? And yep. so um, I've never seen him like that. You know, it's not like you saw, you know, Yanni sit out a bunch of matches, whatever, whatever. Like, so it's it's one of those things where as a coach, I'm going to do what is absolutely best for the young, you know, men or women in my program. And then um, I'll take whatever, you know, flack or spitballs you guys, you know, media or whatever wants to throw at me. Um, as a fan, mm -hmm. <laughs> as a fan, I would be like, oh, man, I have questions. Yeah. Right. Like I have questions. Like as a fan. I have questions and it's like, well, why isn't he wrestling? Like, why did you wrestle him in this match when you know that there was a higher level, maybe match that would test him, press him a little bit more? Mm -hmm. um, like, I have questions in that regards. Um, but it's not your job that's on the line at the end of the day. Like, as a, as a coach, I'm going to do what I need to do because guess what's going to be – guess what's going to decide if I keep my job? Mm-hmm if they win or not. Yep. So I could care less. <laughs> yeah. So like, that's just where I'm at. Like if, if, if me sitting a kid out in um, December gives them the best opportunity to win a national title and keep my job and keep food on my table and make sure um, my daughter is fed, I'm going to do that. Yep. Because that's what that's what's been created. Mm -hmm. That's a system and situation that's been created. You guys, fans don't care. Administration doesn't care. Um, 
if I'm not winning. Mm -hmm. So do you want me to win at the journeyman duels or do you want me to win in March? And we've made it a, as a sport, I think a one size March. Yep. The third, the three days in March matter more than whatever happens before that. So if I'm 15 and 15 going into the NCAA tournament and I get hot, you're like, he's a national champ. Nothing else matters. It doesn't matter how he did all season. If I have a, as a coach, if I have a 13 and two dual record and then place 20th at nationals because my guys don't peak or underperform, but they've been peaking all year and you guys been enjoying watching them. Doesn't matter. And so like, it's a, it's, it's delicate in like the art and science blend of it all. Uh, and knowing like what guy needs what does this guy need to run extra sprint laps does this guy need to halfway through practice i'm watching eye testing this kid and he's having like one of those practices where i'm like hey i need you to sit down you know like there's there's a art and science blend that i don't know that many people coaches have like found the you know the perfect ingredients for it and so yeah, there's, there's like two perspectives <laughs> yeah. from me, you know, because like I would say as a senior, right, I'm wrestling, I'm 15 and 0, and I go to the Southern Scuffle. So we wrestled Cliff Keen. I win Cliff Keen. I'm feeling on top of the world. I'm undefeated, feeling great. We go to Southern Scuffle, um, get 70th win, and then the second round, I'm just like, hit a wall, whatever. I lose to a guy named Spencer Johnson. He's a backup um, for Nebraska. I lose, I don't know, five to three or whatever. Um, Ranked number one in the country. This guy is battling for a starting spot at Nebraska. Um, Had beaten him previously a few different times. Um, But make weight the next morning. I'm emotionally, I think, more than anything banged up. And my shoulder does hurt. And I'm I'm still dealing with the shoulder stuff to this day, you know, but I'm like, I don't have it, coach. Like I don't have it. I don't have it today. Like and I like I know like I'm physically, mentally not there. And we pull out the tournament, right? Medical pull out the tournament. Um and there was like some more conversations, some hard ones, like some yelling and some feelings hurt on my end, you know, and probably with the coaching staff. But then do, do is that story ever talked about? No. Why? Because what happened the rest of the 15 matches that I wrestled, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, oh, I wonder who Kyvin lost to that year. No one, <laughs> no one knows. I had no right? idea. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> it's because the product that came after that, so it's 15, one loss, 15. It's like, hey, you gave yourself what you need to do to – put yourself in the right mind frame. And there was like some hard conversations um, with the coaching staff after that. I remember um, being frustrated with KJ coming back from that tournament um, and the rest of the staff. I think I probably didn't talk to them for a little bit. Um, <laughs> but because uh, I think there was a question about like, you know, toughness and mental like focus and ability to, you know, do those things. But I just know, um, now from a more like removed and reflective standpoint, they were just doing their best to make, um, make their, you know, like the right decision. Um, and so 
coaches have to deal with a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. Oh, yeah, coaches have to, they have to manage a lot. Um, and it's different for every single person um, because they're all coming from different systems. Like one kid's motivation um, for wanting to be the best is different than another kid's motivation. And you have to, like I said, blend and have the right ingredients for all that. So I don't I don't envy the job that coaches have to do, especially um, – to, to, to win and put yourself in position when the expectation is win. Um, and anything less than that is, is you know, is going to gonna have you, you know, in unemployment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are your guys' thoughts on that? So my thoughts on that come, obviously, from a purely fan perspective. I don't love it. Um, I think it's highly suspect. Maybe they were hurt. Maybe it was all coincidental and they all did get hurt, all four of them. But I think it's pretty coincidental that all four of them were the only guys that were ranked higher than the Iowa State guys, so they're yeah. protecting their seeds. From my perspective, right, that's what right. I see. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, <laughs> so I think that's pretty highly suspect. And my, th- And there's no good way to do it that I've thought of. But how do we make dual meets matter a little bit more because like you said march is really the only thing that matters that's the only thing we care about that's the jackie and i talked about march in october yeah <laughs> so like it's what it is um you make but it, you, i feel like you got to make it like an in-season tournament you do like the I, nba right yep. like and but you got to put you got to put incentives on it like yo like if i come out here and i beat david again or whatever mm-hmm. you know like happens i'm wrestling for this five thousand dollars yeah yeah i'm psh- I'll go get a takedown. Yeah. Or maybe you're guaranteed a top two seed at NCAs. Or I mean, that'd probably happen anyway, but like, I'd like to see some (laughs) sort of, maybe that's not a good idea. Bread. (laughs) Yes. Manzella. I think, I think some rules have to change in the NCAA for that to happen. I think NIL has obviously um, done some things for athletes in that respect, but I don't think tournaments are allowed to pay athletes yet. I think that's probably going to change here in the next couple of years. You you Um, don't think like the journeyman could do that? Like side in that, like you, if you win this, it's an NIL deal, right? Like you get get an NIL deal for that. Too, I don't know. Well, it makes me think of like the yeah. I was gonna say, (laughs) it makes me think of. uh, Didn't they get paid to do the All Star Classic? What was it? Yeah, they did. did Yeah, Yeah. they got paid to do that. Well, I think you can't get paid if it's based on success or like performance. So you can pay them to compete, but you can't pay them if they win. Oh, okay, got it. You're saying. Yeah, but compete. So, could you get paid to compete? It sounds mm-hmm. like it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, I think that's like if you want this product, then yeah. I, that that's where it's going. That's what NIL yeah. opened up. Yeah. It's going there. It's going there for yeah, sure. And I think we will probably start that. seeing yeah. rewards if we do an in-season tournament yeah. for winning because I do think that's all going to change here in the next couple of years. Like, oh, I can go win There's, this and have scholarship my yeah. rest of the year scholarship taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I probably would have got. I wrestled thirty matches every single year, though. But like, other than like my first year, so I, I probably would have got you know five more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, my whole thing is, I just like to see some incentive to make dual meets more important and to make these things more important, just so we do see the best product on the mat. Because like my one example that I gave on Twitter the other day was the Iowa Iowa State dual meet on ESPN. I think was a huge success. You had a packed Hilton. Iowa clearly pulled out all the stops to try to win that, right? They threw out Gabe Arnold. They Mm -hmm. threw out Patrick Kennedy. They did all of these things to win the, and it made for an incredible product. Mm -hmm. And then we get things like Cornell, and maybe those guys were hurt. Again, I don't know. Not in that room. I don't know Mike Gray. Maybe they were hurt. But we get things like Cornell where we don't get the best product. 
And that's the part that just gets me. It was like, we have, we seem to make this growth to DSPN. Like, yes, we're doing this great thing. And we take a couple steps back of, all right, we're throwing out a half a B team. Right. Um, so just from a fan and media perspective, I'd like somehow, maybe it's a financial incentive um, to get these dual meets some more, all right, A team versus A team. Let's get these top five teams, top 10 teams, whatever they were. Let's get them wrestling A team versus A team. Yeah. So. I, would, I mean, as a fan, I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. As a fan, I would absolutely love to see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I hate to say it, but I echo everything you just said. The more I sat and like analyzed it of like, well, should we be mad because coach didn't let us know that guys were hurt earlier? Because that's kind of the route I took at first. Well, why didn't you share the whole, these guys are injured? And then that just opens a can of worms of, we constantly have this conversation about coaches and the transparency about injuries on their teams. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get into that at this (laughs) point, but that was kind of where my head went. And then the more Ben and I sat here and talked about it earlier, the more I think it comes down to, there has to be a change in March. And like you guys just discussed, how do we make it so that the rest of the season matters just as much as March does. So that's kind of, it doesn't even have to matter just as much, just matter more. Just so there's some reason to throw out an A team versus an A team. Yeah. And like, I think, I think about it from a perspective of like, you know, the college football playoff, like every single game mattered to Mm -hmm. them because Mm -hmm. if they didn't do so, if that, if that means cutting down the field of the NCAA championships, I mean, I think that sucks, right? Like it sucks. Like some kid that maybe has earned, that opportunity in the past wouldn't get it now, mm-hmm. you know, like, but you have to make it. So, you know, like every single piece of this matters, Yeah, right. you know, like that bad loss is going to get you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like going into the NCAA tournament, um, my junior year, junior year, I'm 25 and two, my two losses are to Scott Schiller and he was ranked number two and number one at the time I lost to him. I avenged the loss in the last dual meet of the season, mm. right? So if he would have set out, okay, but I avenged the loss in the last dual meet of the season, I win my conference championships, he doesn't, and I get seated fourth or fifth. Mm. I'm like, yo, <laughs> what? Now, what I do know is the best guy is going to win. I clearly mentally wasn't prepared to win that year yeah. as a junior. And so regardless of ducking, whatever, the best guy is going to win yep. when it comes down to it nine times out of ten if you mm-hmm. wrestle that 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 weekend. Um, and so whether you, you, you don't put yourself out there in the season, then you're not going to be prepared. You're yep. not going to be prepared because you're not battle-tested. Mm-hmm. And so um, I respect the coaches that, you know, make sure their guys are battle-tested. But, yeah, I think the – thing that's been opened up with NIL and things like that. It's like you just have to make it, you know, fiscally I have to hear something, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just the way of the world now. You know, like these kids are managing like, oh, like if I go here, I'm going to get $5,000. If I go here, I'm going to get fifteen. dollars Hey, coach, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I can, a kid has to it's like, okay, does, does this 15 mean I'm going to have less of this? Like do that do the expectations outweigh the commitment mm-hmm. right now you guys want these kids essentially to commit but i don't know it's weird yep no it's a different situation and just to be very clear that situation with nil happens every day to everyone else all the time it's just it's a new thing for student athletes now yeah mm-hmm. and it's a new thing for fans to wrap their head around like oh my gosh 
these kids are making these decisions and some people are very mad about that. Yeah. Right. Um, I am not, I think it's great for student athletes. It obviously provides some complications, but it's a free market. Let's, mm -hmm. let's make sure it's a free market for everybody. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my thoughts on that. I got you. It's the wild, wild West. It is it's the way I see it. And I think the schools are going to get involved and they're going to regulate it somehow. Yeah, and NCAA is going to try to do something. Yep. I'm sure. Um, we'll see how much longer the NCA exists, but um, I have that's a that's a, a, pod, different, a different, different podcast. podcast so, <laughs> um, I'll give you guys. We'll we'll wrap it up. We'll circle back. Um, Kyvin, give us. I don't know if I want to say like give us a prediction of like you don't have to give like a, oh they're going to finish this placing at the NCAA's, but like give us your prediction of how you see this second semester as we head into the. ASU duel, what are your expectations for Iowa State? My expectations is to see young men go out there and compete with full effort uh, and full heart, like make make the adjustments to the ebbs and flows. Like I think one maybe glaring thing that happened yesterday is like Evan Frost, right? Like mm -hmm. gets beat um, pretty handily, I guess, in you know, the first period. Ebbs and flows, it is what it is. Uh, I think that's something that could be corrected and he can learn to manage that. Um, but you're young. You're um, a second-year, you know, student-athlete, and you're going to have situations where, like, man, like, what just happened right there? Like, that wasn't a true indicator of I don't believe who he is. Mm -hmm. Now, I believe the young man that he wrestled, Nazir Bailey, um, is a hard worker, has a ton of talent, and is a go-getter, you know? Um, and so... I just think you want to see 10 guys that are in the lineup um, go out there and compete with pride um, for, you know, like Iowa State for themselves, their families. And I think if they do that, they're going to put themselves in a really good position to perform and achieve a lot of different things. I think when you start putting, you know, numbers on it, like, oh, um, oh, eight guys are going to All-American or whatever, I think that's um, that's dangerous because now I'm going to be measured on that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I'm going to be measured on that if I'm a coach um, and from the standpoint of if that doesn't get hit, now these guys unperform, underperform. Now, internally, we're probably going to have a different conversation. All 10 of us are All-American. Like, internally, that's what I'm talking mm -hmm. to my guys about. Um, and in a perfect world, I want 10 guys to be NCAA champs, and that's what I would want in the lineup for those guys internally to believe like, Hey, I'm going to be an NCAA champ. I'm competing and I'm practicing and I'm doing all these things to be an NCAA champ and um, give myself that opportunity. But I think media wise, you have a conversation like, Hey, um, if these guys compete and put a great deal of effort out there and they continue to train with the intensity and, um, the focus, you know, like hype, hyper focus that we've seen uh, this year thus far, then I think they'll be pleased. Um, and I think that's the most important thing is like they'll be pleased with what they do. And I think um, with that, um, the, the coaches, the administration, the fan base um, and the nation will get to see some some really good wrestling and some high level stuff. You know, it's like if they show up and do what they're supposed to do. I think um, Iowa State fans will be really, really happy. Um, 
and on a bad weekend, I think it'll be really sad, you know. But I, I, I would, um, I'm, I would, I don't know, scared um, is the right word, but I would be very hard pressed to put like a specific number out, um, out there, um, because if I say eight, then you got two guys looking at you that <laughs> you have to go in there and see in the locker room or whatever. Are like, well. Why can't we? Who's, who's, who's the two, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, like, I'd rather, if I'm going to do that, I'm, I'd rather have that conversation face. Like, hey, right now what I'm seeing is um, that you're not going to achieve this. And now if you have that relationship with someone, it probably hits different. Mm-hmm. But um, to say that, like, now, like, oh, yeah, yeah, eight. I just think if they perform and continue training how they're, they're, they're training and, you know, a lot of, good things the other way luck wise but they stay healthy you got a really good opportunity to um make a lot of people happy great i say ben your 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 expectations what are you feeling for the second half second half um i would like to see a little bit more consistency um just from some of the guys uh kyson tarakina would be one that pops to the front of my mind i'd like to see a little bit more consistency from him um i want to see Anthony Atremendia has shown me a lot. I mm-hmm. want to see him continue to show me that. He hasn't shown he hasn't had any problems with the consistency. I just want to see it for a full season because he hasn't he spent two years not on a wrestling mat. So I want to yeah. see that. Um Will Feldkamp's another guy that he's he pins the guys that are not as good as him. But right now against some of the top tier competition, he's struggling a little bit. So I'd like to see him get over the hump there a little bit more. Um David Carr, I want to see keep winning. Um, uh, younger Bastida, obviously, I don't want to see another loss from him. He hasn't lost yet. Yeah. No, yeah, he hasn't lost yet. So I want to, I want that to continue. Um, and then, yeah, once March rolls around, give me a handful of all Americans, give me a couple guys wrestling in the finals, give me a couple national champions. I'll be a, I'll be a happy person. I'm trying to find it. Um, younger's takedown ratio is oh. only went up. It's 52 to one. Yeah. That's unbelievable. So. <laughs> And that first takedown, the only takedown <laughs> was his first shot attempt of the year yep. where he got stuck underneath the guy and got yeah. taken down himself. After that, he's been nails. And he's wrestled good guys, too. Let's yeah. be very clear about that. He's wrestled a lot of top 10 guys, and they haven't been able to take him down, which we talk about <laughs> Younger's offense all the time because freestyle, and yeah. he's explosive, and it's fun. But that's his defense dude. is something different, isn't it? Yeah, that's a bad dude. Takedown's take 52 to 1, huh? Yep. <laughs> that's nuts. <laughs> How many times have you taken him down in the practice room? I got my I got my lickings one week, but the other weeks. <laughs> Came in with a oh man, yeah, Ooh. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think about like my senior year. How many takedowns that I probably had, and if I how many I gave up? Huh, that's nuts. Yeah. Fifty-two to one, and yeah, not even halfway through the season. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's crazy is we have so much season left. Like, I feel like I'm going to have a better idea of what I want to see from them once I see them wrestle ASU. Yeah. I just want to see them in another duel, go and see what lineup we get after what we saw yesterday and then at um, Cliff Keen. But like you said, consistency is definitely one of them. I think something that I hang on just because of who I am as a person, I try and pay attention a lot to what, like, emotions they're putting out. And the messaging that I feel like we're getting from the coaches makes me feel more comfortable headed into January than I have maybe in prior seasons where I felt a little iffy on like, what are we going to see from them again to go back to March? What are we going to see from them? They've always done really well in those duels and consistently performed in them. But then we get to March and 
you brought that up that people then start to be like, well, they didn't do well in this tournament. Then everyone turns on them, even though they won like every single turn uh, duel in Hilton. Mm -hmm. So I feel like just the way that like St. John talked to us, the way Metcalf came off, the way Dresser's been, it just makes me feel confident that there's more to these guys that we maybe haven't necessarily seen them in those moments. Like maybe Evan yesterday, not going, I don't know, three and oh, or I'm trying to think of other instances. I'm just. I'm just hoping that there's certain things that we haven't seen from these guys flip a switch yet, like Will Feldkamp. Mm -hmm. So I think there's just something positive coming out of that room that I didn't necessarily always feel, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, there's great energy around the program right now. Yeah. Definitely I, a lot of great energy, yeah. And then they're all young, and I appreciate the balance of guys like Younger who's been there, David who's been there, um, Kysons who's been there, and then you have the mix of Cody Chittum and Will Feldkamp. So... Yeah, the frost rose, things like yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So sweet. Any final thoughts, guys? It was great to have you on. Really yeah. appreciate no, thank it. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you for coming to the studio. Always love your insight. Yeah. 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 I appreciate you guys. Sweet. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We will be back probably to preview the Arizona State duel. So keep um keep up with us on twitter as always um kyvin you can shout out your handles if people i'd be surprised if people are listening who don't follow <laughs> you already but in case they don't oh everything is uh consistent across the board uh gats and strong on any uh social media platform so yeah tune in if you want an occasional post about something <laughs> there you go well thanks for tuning in guys and as always thanks to fairway